You're listening to On Conversation, and I am the legend, Keith Chandler. After taking a week or so hiatus, we come back with our 12th episode of On Conversation at our home base of Stirred Up in Emerald Isle. This week, we discuss the gasoline shortage in North Carolina. Uh, somehow, we tumble from that to perspectives on postmodernism and modernism, both in everyday life and in literature and academia. And then eventually we lose our steam and bumble with some other topics, have a couple of laughs, a couple of burgers, a couple of beers, really just a couple of cups of coffee. Again, all opinions and feelings expressed on On Conversation belong to myself, Joey, and Brad alone. They are not representative of our sponsors and or the businesses of which we are convening and recording in. Uh, we have a new sponsor this week for this week and maybe the next couple. Uh, Sweet Sounds Records, fallen on deaf ears since 2012. A fantastic local, homegrown, homebrewed record label providing for you the finest sounds of the orchestrange and other aural pleasures. Check them out at sweetsoundsrecords.com. Uh, the intro music this week is brought to you by Odd Circles. Odd Circles just released a new record, their debut on Sweet Sounds Records. So the intro song this week is a snippet of a track called Charlie from their debut official motion picture soundtrack. If you need anything from us or have any feedback to send us, send us your feedback at sweetsoundsrecords1 at gmail.com. Thanks so much for your support and your listening. And that's it. Enjoy the show. Have a great weekend and be safe. Dear God, go buy a bike. conversation it's a beautiful Sunday morning on Emerald Isle we we went to our default coffee shop stir it up in the Emerald Plantation shopping center right here on the main road in Emerald Isle because there is no gas <laughs> or there is gas but it's not here yet and, and, I, and I have good mileage so I can drive uh-huh Joey and rode his bike which we is really my favorite wanted car. to explore a new coffee shop somewhere else but maybe we'll do that next weekend for the record both Joey and I have deep deep disdain for travel by auto vehicle I love travel by auto vehicle but for nostalgic reasons I like trains no I like driving oh I like well I don't know I guess I've been on trains before they're very romantic in a lot of different ways yeah. I wish we had some really decent... I want to do that one from Chicago to Seattle, even though it's never on time and it's, you know, has fraught with difficulty. That would be a fun trip. That's part, of the, that's part the of the journey. Maybe next summer I'll do that. I'm going to go visit ooh. my friend in Seattle. We, we should take a train trip together at length and do a live podcast, including us sleeping. We'll just let it run the whole time. That's stupid. 
No, what we, we, we could. It'll, it'll be like a character experiment. No, yeah. no, no, no. Like, yeah, like a movie. It'd be like a character study. Yeah. No, I probably talk in my sleep. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. So, but we could do the train ride and do a podcast during the day. That would be fun. Like, take a week and. Are trains loud? Like, if you're on a train, no, they're does it just? They probably have. Sorry. They probably have a rhythm. But no louder than them banging in the coffee shop. All right, well. And North the, by Northwest is a good movie. Fantastic. Where would we that? go? Huh? Where would we go? Would we do... We could go from here to D.C. Where does it let out? Uh, or where does it so go there's, out So there's a great... Uh, I heard there's a great one from here to Union Station in New York City, and then we can stay in the... Uh, that famous hotel that's right across from, not Union Station. Trump Tower? No, not that <laughs> hotel. That's in D.C. No, I'm talking, oh, no, no, that's in New York City, you're right. The best, best Western? <laughs> no, it's the Econo Suites. Motel 6 leaves a lot Why am I listening to you guys? I'm going to look it up. <laughs> All right, well. No, so keep uh, talking. How was the, your, how was your gas this week, Joey? No, it's not that famous. I did not get gas this week. Someone asked me if I had gas, and I said, yeah, but I'd also had a pretty fibrous dinner. But I'm, oh. I'm going to start adding in, um, like, uh, pre-recorded audience laugh track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should have some. Shock jock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can tell I'm the only one that's amused by this. No, it's good. I'm just, <laughs> I don't have the energy for amusement right now. <laughs> Okay, all right. I got gas Monday afternoon at the BP on the end of Loblolly. Because mm-hmm. Stewie, the kid that works at the gas station that I'm friends with, came out and said, hey, you need to get gas. Something about a pipeline had been hacked. Blah, 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 blah. And then the next day it was like complete, total, utter bedlam and pandemonium. Hmm. I think it just, it was humorous. Why would you delight in other people's suffering? Um, I wasn't delighting in their suffering. Yeah, you were. <laughs> no, I wasn't. No, you would enjoy any failure of modern technology that proves <laughs> your point of I, I think it's hysterical. the evils of modernity. I think it's yeah. hysterical how greedy people are, how selfish how, how uh, uh, driven wow. by absolutely nothing, how we are uh, so programmed. No, you can't accuse people of being profit-motivated and then also driven by nothing. Maybe nothing of value. Nothing of any inherent value. Yeah. We're, 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 we're all so manipulated. We're all a bunch of sheep, and that just proved it. That's what was so funny about it. Everyone no, lining up and freaking out. Some people pulling guns on people. That's what I heard. I don't know if it's true. Well, okay. For example, the viral photos of people, you know, excessively filling up and filling up plastic bags with gasoline. Those were not contemporary. They were just proving people's point of people going insane. Your point of people going insane over nothing. Why can't people just take what they need? Because of scarcity. Why do they have scarcity to go? Mindset. Yeah, but why? But why do we have scarcity? Well, mindset? some people think because capitalism. What, what you need today that. is not what you need tomorrow. Why not? You need twice as much. No, you don't. You see, this is all a sham. 
this this progress and this thing more and more and more. It's all a sham. Maybe I shake. So that if stuff people out. were more enlightened, they wouldn't need gas. No, I think <laughs> I think that everyone's working from home anyway, and most of the people getting not gas everybody. The, and most of the people getting gas, from the way I saw it, were the people who don't go to work right now anyway. They were preventing other good, hardworking people from going to work. Well, that's why you see something bad, and you assume the people who are doing it are the people that you already think are bad. It's like a like dovetailing. No, I see it, and I see that it's bad, and I see the people involved in it, and I see how they treat themselves and other people, and I see that they are bad, and I recognize it as not good. Get it? I did that bad, bad, not good. Shout out to Canadian jazz band. Man, I'm dropping them quick they today. Have you guys jazz are jazz bands in Canada? Of course, man. Anyway. Um, <laughs> that was a good one. But I'm but I'm serious though, man. This is it was it was comic. It was sad. Well, like let's talk about the scarcity mindset. God forbid someone get on a bike. So there's a scarcity mindset that there's not going to be any more gas. Therefore, I need to but get. But why mine. do we have or a scarcity about anything? People are not as evil as We throw our abundance away freely every single day. But the 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 drive for capitalism is scarcity. Yeah, adhering to game theory does not make people immoral. Otherwise, I mean, if you want to denounce people as being bad, then that's your prerogative. But I'm sorry. I mean, relatively, most people are not bad. I'm sorry that I'm that I'm selfishly and un and unjustifiably pious, but I am. Did you say pious? Yes. Oh. Let's not get carried away now. What? Your halo might fall off. It's a little bit tilted anyway. <laughs> it's always hanging around somewhere. I know. Yeah. Well, what is it hanging on is a question. You were born for a much more religious time period. Yes, he should have been a damn monk. He could have yeah. been bitching about shit wearing a long robe. I could see him with a long robe and a I, cowl I don't, I don't, around it. No, I, I, think, I think I'm born in the right time because I think ultimately <laughs> people like you and I are going to be the folks that prove that simplicity ultimately at the end of the day, is going to win. You get away from the... the, the, the uh, here's a good, here's but a good word. But humans don't want simplicity. We drive, we drive to, towards more complexity. Mm. We can make the simple very... that We can make the complex very simple. Explain that, please. Yeah, this doesn't sound like it's going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, this if, is not... If you, if you, yeah, if you, over, if you think and think and think and think and analyze and analyze and analyze and analyze, eventually you're going to come back to where you started from anyway. Just make it simple. Not necessarily. Normally you go to a different spot. We hope. Look, all, a lot of times you go. Well, then, what, then what did you guys think? Instead of me babbling on about how I thought it was humorous and funny and people are sheep and this, that, and the other, what did you guys think? I, I, I genuinely feel bad for people, but I, I think that it's wrong that people can be so easily driven by something that's really not that big of a deal because we're told that it is a big deal. Hey everybody! No hey everybody! Said, uh, we're going to need you. It's going to be a big deal. People said that the pipeline's going to be back on by the weekend. Like the whole shittery of running down there with your truck and your extra farm tank. Nice meeting you. Thank you. Have a good day. Take care. Uh, was a bunch of bullshit. I don't understand like why that even. Why were people doing it? Like I can understand here a little bit of the lines here because people are on vacation, and so they come. They have to get gas before to go back to wherever they're going. So like this one down here, I can understand that. Some of the ones in Cape Carter, I can understand that. But just the average little town, 
where people got two or three vehicles, just drive another one of your cars for a couple of days. Like, it's not. I heard it blamed on the North Carolina hurricane mindset. People who are familiar with the bread, a, an bread intense lack problem. of resources. Yeah. 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 So. And that could be actually true, but our emergency management works relatively well in North Carolina. Well, all right. How it made me feel was I'm concerned about like the only reason the why there's no chain. bread and milk is because people went and got all the damn bread and milk before the hurricane. Yeah, like and the stores turned their power back on. Nothing was spoiled. A lot of them have generators anyway. My coworker told me that when the, has there ever been really a storm that made it scarce? The tank, the car gas tank capacity on the East Coast is three times the volume of whatever the immediate, you know, reservoirs of gasoline are. Right. So it, I mean, if everybody pulled out of their driveway at the same time, then you would have a, a huge disaster, right? It would be untenable, right. untold hours of turmoil and <laughs> lost labor and everything else. Um, so which, you're saying that's worrisome. The, right, well, the news also runs on that polarizing kind of shocking spectacle hysteria yeah and that's so they caused that so this this problem was caused yeah but that's not a moral failing though they didn't i mean he's saying the moral failing is that they're sheep and they they couldn't moral reason it out like i didn't it didn't bother me like until am, last am I implying that I there's got, a moral failing? Because that never came out of my mouth. I never said I'm. I never said I keep implying a moral failing. You think 99% of the population is 99% bad? No, that's not true. Mm. Ooh. No, you think people are naturally bad. You have a naturally pessimistic attitude about human nature. Uh, no, I think people are inherently good. I think they're easily manipulated and led astray. He doesn't believe that. I'm looking at his face right now. And yeah. it wouldn't be 99%. <laughs> it'd be probably closer to like the 70s, in all fairness. So coincidentally, all the people that you criticize happen to be in a very small percent of the population. No. So are they just not practiced in making true moral decisions? Are their code of ethics out of whack that they base their moral decisions on? I just, I like have what a, is I the, I have a different set of values. Function? I don't value gasoline and driving around. If we couldn't get gas and I couldn't go to work, my biggest problem would be how was I going to pay the rent? But considering the government keeps making money out well, of nowhere well, part and giving of it, it to everyone, is you're a what am I worried about? Person and other people are not. I understand that, and I'm not. So fa- they want to get out in public. I, and again, I'm, I'm not faulting them for that. What I, if if I'm faulting anyone for anything, it's not having empathy toward anyone else. Everyone's jamming around, smashing in front of everyone, driving like maniacs, getting upset, this, that, and the other. God knows there's enough in this world to go around if we just took what we oh, needed. there's a lot more. Yeah. We throw yeah. abundance away every One thing day. Good is the detritus of our wealth sits around us Even if a fourth of these people go stacks. out and get an electric car, it's going to be a boon for the environment. Sure, maybe. But then what do we do with all the gas cars? We let them sit in heaps and junk no, piles? There's, yeah, there's yeah there's also cars companies. have problems apart from emissions environmentally. That's true. But the waste we from go, tires, tire yeah. wear. If hmm. we, if we apparently you can use them in building houses. So if we cop. go to more of a mass transit system, which is what Buttigieg is talking about, 
Buttigieg is talking about that. Buttigieg? Yeah, whatever. Mayor uh, Pete is talking about. Then we could do like if if there was only one car per household, that would take a huge load off of the environmental problem because there's a car for every member of the household in America. No, I got to agree with Chandler here. I think the problem is is that we have a society that's built around cars because of poor well, that's timing. What I'm, talking I'm glad about. that we have this on recording. <laughs> Thank you, Joey. So, no, what? That's what you I'm saying. No, I'm agreeing. You demand. So hush up. I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with you. Also, like the idea that the we amount don't of have urban space that's dedicated to parking lots is pretty. Right, and so if that if that went away, and we were walking, but. But we even have to centralize food distribution. Like, there would have to be more of a, like, for, especially for an area like this ah, or whatever. It's already centralized. That's the problem. We don't have well, any not, redundancy built into the system. You well, need to like have it close have to, to the places where it's consumed. There, there you go. Yeah. We actually need, like, the 20th century represented right. a huge reduction in uh, food redundancy, transportation redundancy. Like everything that would allow our society to exist when stuff fails, like was taken away because this we didn't have to deal with catastrophic failures. And maybe that's that I actually could could fulfill all my needs without on a bike. Hmm. Like literally, I could go to the pharmacy, I could go to the grocery store. So if I had to park my car, and I was thinking <laughs> the local about that, apothecary. <laughs> yeah. So if I no, if I had to park my car. You know, because I only had, you know, less than half of a quarter of a tank or something to wait for a gas station to open up. I literally could ride my bike here. I could ride my bike to the grocery store. I could ride my bike to CVS to get a prescription. Mm -hmm. So as long as... The bridge is a problem. No, as long as they were getting supplied, I could run out of gas. Right, so me as a private citizen could run out of gas because I don't... And you could too. I could. Literally, you could ride your bike to work. Like... Yeah. So if we just had enough gas for the major systems to run, like like the getting food to the grocery stores, pharmacy stuff to the pharmacy, that kind of stuff, you can survive on Emerald Isle because everybody can ride their bikes and walk places and use golf carts. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, it's one of the few places I've ever lived that that's actually possible and i think uh, even in new albany one of the big i couldn't do that like they, they it's too spread out there's a new albany that's where that's where my other house is oh in diana in diana mm-hmm. yeah, there, you but you bring up a good point though i think that's the thing that irks me is oh indiana is our gotcha. our, our, our our comfort level in our reliance upon our technologies that when they fail and we have no other means that would create the scarcity that drives people to this mania when if we just had other avenues, other arteries of doing things that we knew would be there where people wouldn't have to freak out. Because yeah. it wasn't but 15, no, 10, 20 but years ago. people have always freaked Efficiency. out. Efficiency breeds the possibility of systematic failure. We are... Efficiency to capital. Right. Dancing on the edge of a razor right now. We always have. And that's what the... Well... What's the... A hundred years ago, the federal government could 
freaking fail and you would have or the 10 largest quote unquote businesses or corporations in the country could fail and you would still have people able to access resources and able to live and able I mean they would pretty much conduct themselves normally except for you know maybe a change in the price of the dollar or well I don't know a lot of them failed during the Great Depression and that caused a big shit show so okay so maybe a hundred years would be an underestimation 150 years ago are you waving at bro my uh, spirit guide okay. no it was Aaron she <laughs> I need to return a phone call yes go do your thing um, But yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree that we need to dial up the community. Well, and so one of the things that people have said that is a problem in postmodernism is that we're not associated with land. Not associated like, with the land? With the land. Yeah. Right. So you're not, you don't have like a hometown anymore because people are from so many different hometowns. They don't know which one can to we, call. Can we be a postmodern transcendentalist? Well, yeah, and I think people kind of crave the small town. I think during the pandemic, we saw some people move out of the city into smaller towns where they can. And people naturally do this anyway. That's why we got boroughs in New York City and neighborhoods. So instead of saying that you're from New York, you say from the neighborhood you're from, in the borough that you're from, you know, because it kind of turns it into that smaller what you can your brain can deal with as your space your home space what makes it more personal um, more meaningful certainly yeah. but it, there there's there's tons of evidence that people take a lot better care of their their own hometowns right and so just and even people that move there that decide that that's going to be their hometown like Beaufort we've had a lot of people move to Beaufort in the last probably 20 years and they seem to want to take care of Beaufort even sometimes better than the local people that were there to start with like um, they're very concerned about making sure that everything is okay you know that the roads are right that you know the infrastructure is okay the sewers working right you know those kind of things they don't want people coming in putting up huge housing developments. Part of that is probably because when people come in, then they don't want other people to come, <laughs> right? right? That kind of deal. Um, but I know, so... Uh, I mean, I pick up trash when I'm on my walk. I watch. It's like because I love Emerald Isle. I, mean, I picked up just... trash yesterday in the Emerald Woods. Oh, cool. Did you yeah. do it with somebody or just you just did it? No. no Are the flies bad friends. there yet? I didn't think they were. They chased there were a me out of there one time with my... Bugs. My bike one There's, time. So, in I, I was watching a documentary about about fungus and how it works in forest floors and, and mycelium and all that. And I know in gardening at my own home and my own garden, I use a lot of mycorrhiza, which is which is a, a type of mycelium powder. You you mix into your water water, and it helps the root system uh, absorb more nutrients and stay healthier and keep away you know nasty things and root rot and this kind of stuff. And in this little documentary I was watching about the, the mycelium, you know, it puts out all these little veins and fingers and pathways and stuff so that, like, say, in a forest, if a tree was to go down and rip out, a, like, for example, a major highway system of roots, that there are still other pathways, hundreds of other little pathways to get 
from A to B so, yeah. that, so that the system never really fails. It's fractal. Yeah. Well, the mycelial network itself is is um, has a characteristic of no subject. So, like, you can cut a piece of moss or a fungus in half, and the both sides will survive. You can cut it in force, and all four will survive, right? Because there's no hierarchy. Like a tree has actually a hierarchy of roots and leaves and those kind of things, whereas uh, funguses don't do that. Sure. My, myceum doesn't do that. And that's so in Deleuze and Guattari's book, they have a whole chapter on rhizomic networks, and they say that's the way postmodernism should be set up. So they wrote a book called A Thousand Plateaus, which is like one of the foundations of postmodernism. Okay. Deleuze and Guattari. Um, but anyway, the book is, is, is meant for every chapter to stand alone or for you to play it like an album and read Wait, it. Wait, what are the foundations of postmodernism then? The decentering of the subject. So we, instead of having one subject or one grand narrative, we have multiple narratives of multiple people. It's like, it's like taking a hierarchical power structure and spreading it out. And in theory, it's supposed to be stronger because they can each exist on their own. Now, how you get all those to get along with each other is a whole different and they can story. All be, and they can all be interchanged. So wait, so is that supposed having, to be novel or is it supposed to represent how things are, but so from a different perspective? So did they follow the theory or did the theory follow the, the occurrence? Yeah. Um, again, that is a philosophical question that hasn't been answered in 5,000 years. So, um, you know, Ooh, that, I, that was that's totally the premise of Tenet, which I rewatched again last night. Great freaking movie. So um, how many times have you seen it? Twice. Oh, OK. Yeah. I tried to watch it on Amazon once and they screwed it up. And then uh, I got a better TV and Sam got HBO Plus and we rewatched it last night. Yeah. Man, I've got, it's good. Yeah. It's good. Dude, I like having HBO. Yeah, it's like, so, it's it's very, very good. App-wise. Their, their user interface is absolutely atrocious, though. It's disgusting. It, it's slow. It randomly scrolls. The search engine doesn't work and it properly. Goes, it goes tick, tick, tick. That drives me bad shit crazy. absolutely awful. But the awful. one thing I like about it is it doesn't autoplay. Yes, yes. Like the yeah. clips. I hate that in Netflix. I, okay, I actually... It drives my dog crazy. When I'm hesitating to pick something out or I'm distracted, I... Well, the... It's eerie how quiet things are without the autoplay. I like it without the because I don't all that shit makes it harder for me to make up my mind. Right. Because hmm. I drive around my car with nothing on, like a lot of times, no radio, Ugh. no nothing. Ugh. I just drive, it's called being what? with yourself. Ugh. When you I cannot yourself, imagine like driving around silently in a car. Gotta love yourself. I did, it. I did yeah, it. Yeah, myself loves music and <laughs> audiobooks and noise. I drove noise, across the country noise, in total noise. silence one time. <laughs> so you would not do well in Scandinavia where people just sit in a room and they don't talk to each other. There's no noise at all, no music, no nothing. Well, yeah. what do they do? They Meditate. read or whatever. But okay, they I like reading or books. Or they just sit there and think and they don't talk to each other. Right? It's the weirdest thing. It sounds masturbatory. No, it's just, I guess, when you're stuck in buildings for hours in the dark, you know, with the way sunlight is there. Masturbation. Um, no, let's not go there. Uh, 
What? No, that's what I mean. It, no, it sounds self-indulgent. <laughs> I, I'm being a kid. I'm sorry. No, it is. So I do it because the act of driving is semi-meditative, and it just allows me to ponder thoughts without any in, without any kind of external extra stuff. Jazz would be something you could add on top that has no lyrics. Well, pondering is not meditation, though. No, it's not. No, you well, you can't really meditate and drive, right? But you um, really shouldn't meditate. And drive. I think you can do anything. You can walk and meditate. Walking no. meditation, yes. Well, there is a Buddhist M- moving kind meditation. Of, I, I yeah, think you can. That, but some of that is postmodernism affecting Buddhism. No, it's like um. No, walking meditation is a a tried and true centuries-old method. What's his name? Um, the Vietnamese guy. Thich Nhat Hanh? Yeah. Not the one who set himself on fire. Yeah. No, that guy's dead. Yeah. Um, That's what happens. Yeah, it is pretty old. But but walking is different than driving a vehicle. So um, I don't know. But I tend to get a lot of things worked out when I drive. I think that's why I like driving so much. It is like a peaceful kind of thing. Hmm. You know, where, are you an only child? Huh? Are you an only child? No, I have an older sister. How old is she? Than you, a year and a half older than me. Yeah, you're not. Then I. Sometimes, if there's enough distance, Joe, I. Both, you're both only childs. You know, if there's enough distance, like more than six years, then you kind of considered both kids to be only children. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't feel psychologically like I'm impacted by. But I was the only child, so there's an idea that you're alone a lot, and so like the. Uh, this just driving like I drive all the way to Beaufort sometimes without anything playing in the car. Just Solitude. just the road noise. Solitude. Yeah, sometimes I have the sunroof open, the wind. <laughs> you know, and that. Uh, what were we talking about before we got into? I said something about tenant because we were asking, you know, what came first? Oh, the, the philosophy yeah. or the or the actual yeah. act, and then the philo- and then the act was defined by the. Philosophy. So did did Galuz and Guitar create postmodernism with their book, and then people read it? When and did the book come it? out? I don't know. I'll Who? It um, or were they just commenting on what it could be? Because remember, they were, they worked in an insane asylum and they were interviewing insane in, uh, patients, mm. and that's when they wrote their book. Have you from seen their interviews? No. Do you have any interest in seeing it? Um, it's Christopher Nolan. Yeah, he was very upset about the in-home release of it, Mm -hmm. like undercutting his theatrical experience. I understand that. We have a very nice sound system, so we got to still hear it. The picture wasn't as big, but the sound was just as fine, Um, I think. Probably not. I don't know. Is it good? I thought it was really good. I enjoyed Inception. A lot of his movies don't make the greatest amount of sense to me, but I'm not into physics and time travel. 1980. That's when the book came out? Mm -hmm. Who are you talking about? A Thousand Plateaus, Deleuze and Guitar's book. So if you... Say it slower, Deleuze? Yeah, that's their last name. So it's Felix, uh, Felix Guitara and Giles Deleuze. Um, one was a philosopher, a French philosopher, and one was a psychoanalyst. So is, wait, is being and a psychoanalyst... And the subtitle of the book is, is Capitalism and Schizophrenia. You're like... One of them was French and one of them was a psychoanalyst. Like, are those labels mutually no, no, exclusive? No, 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 no. French philosopher and a French psychoanalyst. Okay. They're both French. Hmm. They right. sound like and they're full of the shit. The funny thing was, was they Equally. did not like each other. 
which was so crazy that they did not like each other, but they worked together. So, so what's the... But anyway, thank you. Oh. <laughs> You're making my morning. So, uh, the, uh, so them... Who cares would be a adequate question. Well, because the <laughs> book is pretty telling so far. It's structured postmodern style, and so it's kind of telling on... Like what they were trying to figure out is 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 I'm not gonna do this justice. <laughs> the big all I know no, is the big. So I feel the like there's nothing to justify. Like what's the? How do you write about postmodernism? Well, basically, you write about the centering of the subject, like the idea that the grand narratives are failing, and can capitalism survive without grand narratives? So, what kind of new structure are we gonna create? That and so that's when people like uh, Hart and Negri came up with empire and the idea of a commonwealth. Um, so like yeah okay that's my my central issue is are you trying to like realize explain unpack something that already exists about human nature or are you trying to like create something new from scratch? I would say they are they were commenting on something that they thought existed, was okay. beginning to exist. Yeah. Right. Well, then my um, only problem with it would be potentially their lack of, like, scientific rigor then. Well, I mean, you're talking about a psychoanalyst and a philosopher. Well, they, when you're talking I've got about... Doubts. So, but when you're talking about postmodernism, that is a philosophy. Well, it, again, <laughs> so, I will so the reiterate the term comment. masturbatory. Like, no, but they, I mean, it's a it thought exercise. When, yes, when, but Einstein proved a lot of his thought experiments. Like, all science are thought experiments in the beginning. It's a right? myth that Einstein was not good at math, by the way. No, Einstein I never was said extremely that. good. No, I just felt like, yeah, no, he common felt misconceptions. That's because he wrote many times that he didn't think he was good at math. And in conversations, he would say he wasn't good at math. But we have to remember, he was dealing with the foremost mathematicians in the whole world. Yeah. So it, obviously, he was more of a physicist or whatever. So, or. Uh, I guess he was a physicist. When, right? when would you consider the actual postmodern era having started? I am not a postmodern philosopher, so I. Please don't say post postmodern. No, 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 I would no, say. I, I would say when. Um, have you seen Memento? So people no. would say okay. that it was probably close to. Uh, the the end of the 50s okay that's kind of the beginning of the 60s where people were dropping out of society men were loving men women were loving women all these different you know everybody was loving everybody right and family units were breaking down communes were sprouting up um and so all these different subject-centered hierarchical situations like the family like a business like a a relationship. All these things were breaking down. Pulp Fiction would be that, considered a postmodern yes, movie. Yes, very much it so. It is a non-linear narrative. Right. Right. Yeah, postmodernism is non-linear. Um, that's why Deleuze and Guitar's book, you can read any chapter. They All the chapters stand alone. Well, that's why I asked you when you, because I, I, I want to say the medium compare, is the message. So the, the one that you, the only chapter you can really understand or that I understood in that book was the rhizomic chapter, which talked about the setup of society as rhizomes 
instead of as a hierarchical society. What the fuck is a rhizome? Rhizome is, or is the way fungus reproduces and spreads. Across That's why we're talking everything. about this. Yes, okay. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> and welcome back right. to On yeah. Conversation, where we've all just arrived Wait, at where yeah. we began. Yes, just like postmodernism. <laughs> At the beginning, I thought. Wait, fungus uses spores, right? The 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 thing, the little web that forms from the spores that connects everything together. The mycelium. Yes, that's rhizomic. So, oh. um, so instead of like creating roots and trunks and branches Bless and you. leaves, it um, it it. It kind of just covers everything, but if you chop it up, it still exists. You can move it, so it doesn't. It, it's it's non-subject based, so okay, it doesn't so have like a brain or a. To but take, it does have a type of intelligence. To take that geometry like metaphorically, like okay, to me, um, things that are classical, organic, like well-founded, old are. Like, like fractal, rich, natural. I associate postmodernism with like the destruction of that and an attempt to make a very like linear, like human centric, or maybe that's like modernism, like that is a, modernism. an overly, right. like that is an overly simplified from scratch construction of meaning that rejects right. what is old, rich, intuitive, that is Newton and human. saying, I took nature, I put my boot on nature's neck, and I will make her submit yeah. to me. Right? That's modernism. Yeah. The idea that we can do as humans, uh, we are the hierarchy, we're the pinnacle of the hierarchy, the top of the pyramid, and we rule the world. That's modern. Post yeah. Postmodern is, is a breakup of that. No, it's an arrogance that makes original sin look, you know, tame. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, so that's I actually that. happen to like postmodernism. That's where most of my favorite writing is. Well, no, he's from. saying that oh, postmodernism oh. is not what I'm attacking. I see. I'm no, attacking you're, modernism. You're the other. Yeah, postmodernism would be the destruction of that. The destruction of the. Modernism. Oh. Of the hierarchical network, the subject. So the subject is white male straight. Like the subject, we the grand narrative we're talking about is the white male. European okay, I also associate po postmodernism with like a an well an extreme emphasis on like power power structures. Like yeah, but the it's, it's construction of meaning. Right. It's, by but it's, it's hierarchies. Right. So it's part of so there's structuralism, there's uh, there's a bunch of different phases of postmodern scholarship, where they, they, but they're not building the structures. They're trying to understand the structures that are being decentered and destroyed. Because destroyed or reconfigured, like um, uh, they call it. Um, deconstruction yeah what okay so if you're actively like so deconstructing that something that's still by definition that's very artificial this is what like, this is the, you're deliberately deconstructing it. well you might not be deliberately deconstructing it's naturally reached its end point 
and it's beginning to deconstruct. This so is capitalism so it destroys be, itself. Right. Like so that is postmodernism is commenting on that that is happening now. I think this is the capitalism, like late stage capitalism. Yeah, that sounds very Marxist. It is. Actually, it sounds is 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 rooted from from a lot of those scholars that studied Marxism and then they moved into philosophy. It's kind of rooted in that that very worker-centered, the masses versus the hierarchy. Yeah, centered, well, I mean more like a coloring. Marxist view of history. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's coloring. It's a very materialism. It's, it's a materialist critique, which is a Marx critique. Yeah. So it's a, a critique of materialism. This is probably the character trait that I have that I think that you find the most painful about me is my deconstructive nature. Hmm because I'm always taking stuff apart. I don't mean to do it. I just do it. Yeah, it would be fine if you weren't as cynical as you are. Ah. You can deconstruct something without... But the problem is you have to propose... So my thing is with the deconstruction. All I'm saying, though, is that I know you don't, regardless of my cynicism or not, that is probably the habit that I have. I think that people are fundamentally good. You think that people are fundamentally not good. No, no, no. I think they are good. I think they're easily misled, manipulated. The fact that you added a but to that statement. So I'm not, I might side on Joey that you think people, funda- their nature is fundamentally flawed towards, but that is just, I've not known you as That's, long as Joey has. Okay, that is, really? But it's, you've known Keith a lot longer than me. Oh. You guys have known me your entire lives, and I have known you for yours. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, I just met Keith, what? Maybe about a year or so after I wasn't working. Uh, I wasn't working with Joe anymore. When no, we you weren't. We weren't at Ti. I met you. You were DJing on the top of the. Well, roof. Sam introduced me to you. Yes, in that, your presence. Yeah, that yeah. was at over Island here. Time. Yes. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks. Yeah. It was early in the night, so. Yeah, and and she wanted <laughs> us purposely to argue about philosophy or something. Yeah. Like she was like, I want you guys to have a good discussion or something, right? <laughs> Whatever. Sam can be um, rough like that. So, uh... What? So that can be rough. But that was not very long ago. And you no, that was like four years ago. Yeah, that's not very And long. I what for a long time? That's not very long. Well, I did geologically. What for a long time? Huh? I missed your... Con- you say? I did what for a long time? And you've known him longer than that. I've known Joey going on six years, six years in July. Okay, so it's not that much mm-hmm. longer, I guess. Uh, yeah, because I moved, I moved back July 4th, 2015. Okay. Right. I thought y'all knew each other in high school for some reason. No. no. Okay. No. Um, but didn't let's, go, let's to go back to the postmodern ethic. So one of the problems was that the postmodern scholars all wanted to destroy, deconstruct mm. everything, but leave basically ashes. Like, and then people could figure out what to do with them. But all, of, all like the, Jacques Derrida. Yeah, was I was gonna say, the, yeah, all so the, wait, are all you the postmodern about stuff's all again. the old philosophers. It's not. It's not like a new thing. When you say Derrida's not old. Yeah. Well, he's I mean, he's still he's, he's still seventies, nineteen seventies. So then, not so, like ancient. So then the movement happened, and it was written about later. The movement was was written about as it was happening. So okay, okay. what I don't the like fuel about for the fire. Okay. I don't like postmodernism because I don't like the rejection of like deep time-tested meaning like I don't like the rejection of of human nature of the the notion of value 
like human value. What you're describing seems like having it both ways, where you're talking about deconstruction of the incorrect systems that people build on inherent right. value, not the deconstruction of value in meaning itself. So they which would is what say, I associate with postmodernism. They post would say the masses have had enough and they're deconstructing the world. So like right. the, the, the contemporary, then, uh, specifically conservative attacks on modernism, postmodernism, obviously well, they're conflated. Conservatism is modernism. People do not yeah. like, what? No, conservatism is the opposite of modernism. Well, I would say the conservatives are steeped in modernist theory. Really? Yeah, because they believe that God gave man the right to rule the earth. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, blah, but blah. that notion is 3,000 years old. Yeah, but that is one of the tenets There's nothing, of modernism. Uh, no. There that's, is nothing less modernistic than religion. I'm going to have to go look Maybe at Maybe law. Um, yeah, I, I would kind of agree with you, but I think the basic gist of some of the modernists is that they have a right to rule. And so, therefore, and these, like... Like, there has to be a hierarchy, and there has to be these things and those things. Like, I would say that it's not considered modernism because it would be considered, what was before postmodernism? Modernism. No. I yeah. mean, before modernism. Pre-modernism. Pre-modern. Oh. No, romanticism. Well, yeah. In literature, it was all romantic. We were in the Depression. You had all the uh, no, expats writing. Modernism is still part of the Depression. Yeah, modernism, modernism was early twentieth century. The, the, yeah, well, I'm trying, even I'm even trying like to remember eighteen mid eighteen when the factories sprung up and the peasants got out, it became less agrarian. The year that I took literary theory was the year that I was strung out when I was in college. So I'm trying to remember all this, but there, but the per, de, so uh, before post Malone, <laughs> right? Uh, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's, uh, we don't know what era quote-unquote we're in now but there was postmodern modern i want to say romanticism is in there well eight romanticism was yeah 18th late 18th early 19th century and then gothic would be prior to that no after after yeah and then there yeah modernism was modern industrial society if you're talking about like english literature then you have the the long era of victorian Modernism was essentially based on a utopian vision of human life and a society and a belief in progress or moving forward. Yeah, and that failed. So hence your is failing. Yeah, description of it as being arrogant. Mm -hmm. Like the attempt. See, I view religion as an organic, intuitive, like, construction that occurred over time in the interest of, like, community. Mm -hmm. Not as a like the a notion was like a postmodernism. I mean, for modernism. Okay, well, I guess that would make sense—a re return to senses, mm -hmm. as it were, so they say. And then before the Renaissance was the Reform and Reformation. No, the Reformation was after the Renaissance. I'm going to have to go back through my notes. We'll have to revisit this because because Martin Luther was. Because Dr. Davidson had given us this 16th great, century. great analogy where like postmodernism was an apartment building 
Modernism was like a house. Um, and I can't remember, but it's like different types of buildings representing different eras of literature. Okay. Because of the way that they're formed and what they provide. Like postmodernism being an apartment building where everyone has an individual thing, everyone's equal, and they can all be interchanged, and they can all be broken into pieces. There's nothing linear about it. Yeah, see, okay, bureaucratic housing is more in line with what he described as being modernistic. Like the assertion of very... See, I'm probably getting this all wrong, which makes me feel even worse about it, but... I'm trying. I'm struggling here, man. So I will I will have that shit. It's been a long time since I've had to talk about that. So I will go look up all that stuff and and have the the the, the styles of and some of it you have to remember some people didn't talk about it as errors. You know what I mean? So some of those Well yeah, you would never describe the time in which you're living in as being like a specific re- era because you don't have the perspective. Reformation or whatever. All those different things are historical eras that we've gone back and labeled. And so kind of like modernism is not only philosophical, but it's also historical errors. Yeah, I associate modernism with the disillusionment following the First World War. Like but that's specifically very literary. Well, philosophers would consider it the beginning of industrialism. Hmm. Man's grip on nature and reality. Yeah, but like yeah. the modernistic art was a yeah a reaction to like it had to digest the industrial age in order right. to like can in order to feel inclined to convey the lack of. Did you meaning. have an art history class? Um, Did you do, like, art appreciation where you had to memorize, like, 500 paintings? No, I did have, my freshman year, I had an entire semester that was dedicated to, like, French portraiture. Jesus Christ. It was interesting. Yeah. Do you want to know why nobody smiles in portraits? Because they had black teeth? I don't know. It doesn't convey in a deep internal like representation of the person it's a it's a fleeting representation of something smiling is not in in a sense authentic i think it is i mean i i think i can tell more about people when they smile than with their stoic face so for 18th century french portrait painters would disagree with you yeah Yeah, every, every picture we take from now on you go to mean mug it no smiling prison photos yeah. Driver's license style. No, never smile in photos. Always smile in pictures. With, with a smile as bright as mine, why wouldn't you? I hate photography. I So don't. much. I love photography. I like taking pictures. I, don't like I didn't it. smile because I used to think I showed my gums too much. So until I modeled, I... You were a model? Yeah, for a little while when I was in college. Jesus, Brad. Um... <laughs> Why didn't we know? Learned this? how to smile. You've seen the pictures of Sonny and I. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Learning okay, how to that. smile. Yeah, yeah, that is a modernistic yeah. notion. Yeah. Yeah. I show you those. You have to learn how to smile. When I was young. It's perverse. No. <laughs> no, I had to learn how to smile without showing my gums. Huh. It's difficult. <laughs> I'm sorry. What, dude? I hate photos. I hate photography. Oh, I may not have even smiled in these photos. Being in them or taking them? Both. I hate the entire notion of it. Can you say strongly dislike? Hate's a strong word. Yeah. 
That's why yeah. I used it. You don't like being in photos? So, see, my, my parents terrorize everybody with I the think camera, it cheapens, so. like, everything about experience in human nature. Do you think nature. it captures your spirit? I think I will literally agree as much as I can with anything of the whatever quote-unquote aboriginal notion that it steals people's souls. Yes. Um, I think that... I think you, when you take a picture of somebody, you take something away from them in their life and you never give it back. I like taking pictures. I like photography, but not necessarily of people. I just like taking pictures. Because I just like doing it. I enjoy it. it. I enjoy film. Is it because you capture nature? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's a fun way to look at things. I think it's perverse. I think that it's it's people grasping, oh, um, I can't remember his name, but that super modernist philosopher, if I can ever find it, um, people are constantly chasing and grasping after the object that they're never going to get. Yes. Like even our notion of thought is just chasing objects. And photos are the manifestation of that. I wonder who he... So I'm going to go ahead and plug myself right now. So I put out a new record last week, and I'm not going to lie, it's pretty damn good. I enjoyed the acoustic track a lot. <laughs> and, and that hot? Hey, yeah. Yeah. That is so hot. Wow. And that's sunny? Let me see this yeah. again. Yeah. That 70s haircut? I want to get me some sunny. Sorry, Sonny. Yeah. I shouldn't have said that. What? I'm going to get in a lot of trouble now. She looks very pretty in that picture. She's uh, a very pretty woman in general. I didn't even notice her. <laughs> Man, Brad, you are cooking. I can see the steam coming off your body. <laughs> Look at that bitchin' mustache. I love it. I love it. Craziness. Grasping. Nostalgia. I also enjoy yeah, birds, and you right? don't, and you also don't like birds, huh? You also don't like birds, and I enjoy them. I right. feel like birds are liars because you like well, Alex they don't Jones? do it intentionally, but yeah, actually, um, what's his name? Uh, Richard Linklater, his uh, movie, um, Waking Life, Walking Life, wait, Waking Life, yeah, yeah. with the kid from um, Days that has Confused. Alex Jones in it. Does it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. He's the guy shouting in the car uh, okay. about the system <laughs> and the man all and right. both sides are the same. And we just can't take it anymore. Like all that stuff. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I put out a new record. It's really, really good. The acoustic track. Whoa. The acoustic track. Really, really good? I think it's great. Yeah. No, there's like obviously. Oh, the jazz you know, track. It's doing what it's doing. So and then like do the you third want or me fourth song my, is um, it's just kind of like a my chill. My overall feeling guitar? of yeah, it. Yeah, instrumental. Your overall feeling? Remember I told you what I thought it was. Yeah, you said you thought it was a rock opera. Yes, it's, it's a lonely astronaut on a planet pining for company. Well, that's a very good description. I don't yeah. know if that's how I... Felt. I don't feel like I'm. Looking yeah, that's what I'm seeing. It's like a rock opera. Oh, but oh I see. I see. But I see. it's he's uh. he's like looking back towards Earth and wondering where, how he got there and what is he gonna do to get home. Or the whatever. I was gonna buy you a, a Bluetooth. Mm. Cassette I want to say Mars is not the kind of place to raise some kids. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna get you a Bluetooth cassette player, but they sold out. Oh, that's fine. Mm. That's actually probably the best thing for everybody. Hey, hey how's it going? Good. Yeah. How are you? 
I didn't I didn't know even if I got it for you if you'd listen to the cassettes anyway. Hmm. But they sold out before I could get it, so it doesn't matter. Oh. We'll never know until they get back in stock. No, you should not and then we'll find find, me a Walkman. And then, and then we'll find out. I'm going to get one. Why not? Because it's not worth it? Oh, for myself? Oh, hell yeah. It'd be great. Oh, you need one. I'll listen to tapes before I go to bed at night and my new handy-dandy Bluetooth speakers. You can listen to things without playing cassettes. Yeah, but... I've been telling him That's that. what I do, dude. It's an he affectation. Loves, he loves cassettes. I like tapes, man. Why? They fit in his pocket. Anyway, so I put out this new record. It's really good. The name, of the, my logic. the name of the project is Odd Circles. I'm plugging myself because I so can't. So who is the Odd it's, it's our po- Circle? That's me. You're an Odd Circle? Yeah. I just run an Odd Circle. What the circles. fuck is an Odd Circle? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That boy ain't right. That's what I hear all the time. But that sounded like a punk band name, and I didn't like that. No, I like that. Uh, that boy ain't right. Mm-hmm. Like that Ugly, ugly Kid Joe punk. or something like a ska it band. It reminds of me of King of the Hill. I was listening to ska last night. Oh, yeah. Okay, there you go. Accidentally. Why? Because Brian was listening to ska. Butane, propane, I thought it was jazz. And he was like, no, it's ska. So you're talking about just the, the laid-back guitar track, only guitar with a harmonium. Three it's or, like the third or fourth, or fourth track. Thing, yeah. I just thought it was interesting that you like switched it up like that. That track is affectionately titled Atlantic Ocean Blue. No, I thought it was like somebody's name. Oh, Charlie. You're yeah. talking about the jazz track. Yeah. Okay. I know, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. I'm in order to object to your description of it, I would I would have to define what jazz is. That would that's my feel like doing that. That's so. my that's for my dog. I wrote that for my dog. Aww. Yeah. Anyway, sweetsoundsrecords.com. Check it out. <laughs> Why do you roll your eyes, man? What? I don't have social How media. Can you I don't know I was right. I've got sunglasses on. I can yeah. see through the glare. Of the, I can see your eyes. You can't hide from me, man. I know who you are, Joey. Oh, I don't hide from anybody. Oh, my God. Let's go there. No. What? Who are we, actually? Anyway, so yeah, I put, it out, I put it out on tape. I like, I like tapes because what a- that's what I grew up listening to. That was the first things that I had were tapes. So it is nostalgic. It's uh, very nostalgic. I guess it's nostalgic, but I, I also like the utility. I think they sound fairly well. They're warm. They got a little hiss, which is okay. I don't like that. They keep up pretty good uh, so long as the machines don't need them. Shit. Mm. Probably, perhaps, the best format overall really is the CD. Probably. Why? Uh, it holds more data. It's probably got a little better fidelity. Yeah, I um, notice if I'm listening to music in my car, my CD player plays better music than my Bluetooth does. I know my friend that came to visit me, Nikki, told me uh, unequivocally and without fail that playing CDs in the car that he rented to drive from New York to Florida sounded ten times better than his Bluetooth capacity. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing is that with a cassette on my tape machine it has a setting where it flips you don't have to go flip the tape it just flips the side like the direction that it's rolling and it can read the tape both ways yeah so I am able to sit somewhere else in the house and let a record play I don't have to get up and go flip it that's my only qualm about records you should buy a jukebox they're expensive yep and expensive to maintain should they break hmm yeah, I can't imagine like 
playing a lot of 45s. Like, oh, it'd be tough. Unless you're DJing, yeah. that would be tough. Yeah. yeah. Unless you had, or unless so you had work. a jukebox, you know, flipping it and doing it for you. Yeah. But dude, but dude. And for each one, you've got two songs and only one of them's good. Don't, uh, and don't throw me any salt for hyping myself, man. What? No, I don't care. You're hurting me, baby. What? Why does everybody take everything I say so seriously? Oh, man, I'm playing with you, man. I don't want you to feel bad. I'm joshing you, man. Anyway, what else has been going on, dude? Uh, Not much. What do you think about the cold weather? Cold weather? Yeah, we had that. Yeah, snap it is kind of chilly. Yeah. yeah, I remember a yeah a period like that in May about. Mm, I want to say, twelve years ago. Hmm. And it really bummed me out because I had just gotten back from college and it was terrible. But hmm. then cleared up. Everything was great. It's kind of kind of goofing up my uh, garden. It's slowing my moonflowers down, and I think my sage, but I'm not sure. Ooh, um, Martin Scorsese is making a movie adaptation of Killers of the Flower Moon. Killers it's of the good, Flower Moon? I think so, yeah. What it's is a good what, book. Who, uh, tell me about it. Who wrote it's it? It's about a series of killings in, um, on, like, Indian land back in, like, the... I don't know, 20s, 30s, 40s, something like that. Interesting. Yeah, but Leonardo DiCaprio is starring in it. What is this? Do you know who this is? No. Okay. Oh, okay. I think that's what a lot of people appreciate about music these days. I don't think it has to go any further than the beat. You can avoid everything else. I also find to be a little sad, but that's okay. Why? I appreciate hooks too. I don't. I don't. I love a good hook. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to be better about appreciating the music on whole, not just an aspect. I. I think lyrics are destructive to the quality of music. It's a totally separate thing. Like poetry. Yeah. It's like poetry and music mixed together. Yeah. Like, Ooh, if, we had, if we had some be, bongos, we could get some stuff going on right now. Let it be. We yeah. can make some music. Yeah. yeah, let's put Spence on there. That's right. So we have two guitars. That's right. bass and the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I, yeah. Did you listen to Chappelle on Rogan? I asked Brad this through the course of the week. No. When was he on there? Uh, last week, maybe. Oh, really? Who? Chappelle on Rogan. Oh, we talked about this, though. We did talk about this. He had some interesting things to say. It wasn't that crazy profound, but some interesting stuff. Hmm. So. Well, so I think we've thoroughly exhausted the, ga- the gas conversation. Yep, I think and we've we, lost our way on postmodernism because there's so many pieces. So we will definitely come back to postmodernism several times, but um, and I will send you guys some excerpts, like from Empire and Commonwealth, and so you can see where they want. So their basic. I'm system, super cynical about it. I think it's a thought exercise. Like, and you know what? Well, they're saying it's it's happening. You're seeing it. Like it's not a thought exercise. Like, 
the deconstruction of the subject is happening. Where do you think trans rights is coming from and all these different things? I appreciate a deconstruction of modernism, but I don't appreciate the rejection of meaning. They're not rejecting meaning. They're saying there's multiple meanings. Like you have a different view of the world and I have a different view of the world and Keith and all views of the world are similar or not necessarily similar, but valuable. Uh... I think they're asserting that, yeah, different subjective experience makes reality like literally different realities literally existent and literally true. Yes. Well, the experience of those realities. And I take that personally. Like You're saying I can't have a different reality than you? So we can experience Again, I think it's a thought exercise. Yeah. Everything's a thought exercise. It's perception. I mean, I'm, no, I'm not that, defending, no. I guess I am defending postmodernism in a little bit because I don't really like postmodernism because I think we actually do need a, some narrative to agree upon. Yeah, but, I thought you were a meaning yeah. guy. No, I, I am. thought you were a deep, I am. deep I'm just taking deep the history, devil's deep advocate culture. of the perception. So we, we all experience the same event, but we all experience it differently. Our subjects perceive, because we're all individuals, they perceive things differently, right? And so yeah. and I that feel like perception that's, is... But who do we believe? You version? My version? Yeah, his but the, version. the subjective nature of reality, that's just like, that's a, like a little checkbox. That's a little facet of like the overall nature of reality. I don't feel like it's a, it's a radical notion through which our so interpretation of reality is should be So they would say science is just another type of religion. Right. And, and there are going to be post. Mm. Hopefully, there are no postmodernists. No, I actually agree with that. Who can't come after me? Well, look, I was in a coffee shop in. It, when I, I was think science is PhD, in, indistinguishable from and, religion. And there was a. Yeah, because it's it's a system of thought. Yeah, right. And right, it right. requires yeah. religiosity in order to it. It still okay. To so the defense privacy. of science is that. It is objective, whereas religion is subjective. subjective. Right. But if you that you're still making a leap of faith to prescribe to science in the first place. Well, you have to believe that science is actually truth telling. Yeah. Like you believe religion is truth telling, depending on which religion you are. So yes. But I actually I literally got in an argument with a kid who was a psychology major one time. All I can say is that if science has more experience, I think that that. You can become knowledgeable with someone else's knowledge. Well, you can religion is much older than science. With someone else's wisdom. Ooh, our, ooh, okay, ooh. our... I disagree, and I would say that science is older, but it was less defined. I think people no, have constantly our, been experimenting and studying since the beginning of time. That being said, I'm going to go experiment in the bathroom real quick. So you're saying witchcraft With evacuating my liquid waste. Ooh, our, our notions of truth are based upon experience and trustworthy rumors like that's how we're programmed we're programmed for 100 person society yes. where i know everybody as and i know can tell. whom i can trust and whom right. i cannot trust right. and i either see something and i believe it to be true or i'm told something by somebody that i trust and, and then, then I believe, I believe it, to it to be true. Be true. Yeah. Right. And I know that the liars are going to be ostracized and you know the truth tellers are going to be in the fold and uh, yeah it was 
small fly. Tagged yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, I I agree with all that. I agree yeah, with all and that. that requires that that existence, our existence. That doesn't require science at all. It's not empirical. Well, That's entirely but, subjective. But we would you could say that the early witch doctors were quasi-scientists, that the witches and the midwives were all types of mm. medical kind of scientists, apothecaries, were working on science. They were isolating. I mean, they were basically using the scientific method. They were trying to isolate yeah. down into the, the smallest quantity and try to experiment on people to see if that would make it better or on livestock or on whatever. Okay, I um, think this might be in your wheelhouse, but Hume... I think made a distinction between like the like the theoretical aspect of science so like making like notions and rules which is more of a thought exercise and right. the empirical like which is what you're describing as like it's not they didn't have the theory behind it right. but they, they had were the, just the basically practice. saying that I give was, this herb to this person and his stomach ache goes away. I've given Which it to is, 50 people, and their stomach aches all go away. Therefore, I can make an assumption scientifically that and it's if scientific, I give it to else, but it's not theoretical. No, there's no right. theory behind it. There's right. no like structural, systemic Which understanding the of what's going on. Theory is it's really hard to replicate it over vast areas and vast human beings. Yeah, like, well, the classic the classic example is that. All of your science classes, everything occurs in a vacuum. Otherwise, the calculations don't work. Or right. they become, like, indescribably difficult. Right. Well, you difficult. have to get rid of all the dependent variables, right? And, 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 and isolate the independent variables. And so that is fucking hard. That's really, really hard to do. Yeah. And even with quantum physics, it's shown that, damn, well, sometimes there are variables that we don't eat, can't even see that are popping in and out of existence that are, you know, screwing around with experiments that, like the observer problem. Yeah, like but the, the observer problem. The so, deep knowledge, the deep culture is, it works. And as far as we can tell, on we the do surface, it and we know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. it works. Yeah, and we can step back from the quantum because we can't explore the quantum. We can't perceive some of the quantum or most of the quantum. So, like we. This is what we know is true. If we do this vaccine, if we have this particular surgery, so-and-so percent of the time it's going to probably work, right? So we can postulate that, generalize that to the population. Um, but again, it is a type of religion, and that kid's head exploded when he, and he was talking about psychology, which is even fuzzier than hard sciences like chemistry or... or uh, yeah, you people know, really right. like to hate yeah. on psychology. Yeah, and they, like, he was like, well, it's real because it's a science and blah, blah, blah. And, like, it's just basically another kind of religion. Oh, my God, his head exploded. Yeah. And he was, uh, you know, but what happens is when you're young and you, you all of a sudden, the system of thought is opened up to you and you begin to believe in it, and it's really intriguing to you, you become like a zealot. And that's what a lot of young undergraduates are in the... Uh, um, in the coffee shop, very similar to uh, to the kid in Goodwill Hunting, you know when he will, yeah, when will, uh, you know he understands that, but then 
the guy imposes on him. The other guy imposes Robin on Williams? him. Robin Williams? Yeah, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's Sean. Of thought. Yeah. 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 That was a great movie. Yeah. I used to watch that movie every He doesn't day. know what it smells like in the Sistine Chapel. Right. But he knows everything about Michelangelo from a book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's experiential versus... Uh, that would be solipsism, which is the belief that only you can only know what you experience yourself. Hmm. Yeah, we've kind of come, come full circle around and now... But I will... So where do you think we can go from... Where do you think we can go from the space we are here? So this is what I'm always interested in. You know, where can we go from here? It's like, good to have silence. I think you're overly theoretical. And I think of you have too much... Philosopher. I think you have too much confidence in people's like ability to like understand. understand and hold to intellectual truths. I think you're too demanding of people. Ooh, me? Yeah. I'm too cynical and you're too demanding. I think your your so solutions to the problems of the world are too Joey, intellectually demanding of people. Joey's too critical. So, no. So here we are, the three of us. <laughs> I think I'm I think I'm more understanding of human nature than both of you. Not understanding in the sense of like knowing about people, but understanding in the sense of like accepting and being realistic about who so people are. So in my critique and in my distribution of and yet, what Go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, don't fuck up my theory now. In my critique <laughs> and in my distribution of what I think should be I so that intellectual load I put on people I put on people that in general can okay there's two things that I do I noticed I did it to this kid in the surf shop and his eyes kind of glazed over and he started thinking about lunch I'm pretty sure um, but I think sometimes I do it to charge brain cells I feel like like get people thinking just even if it's not about what I'm talking about like charge some brain cells get some get some shit moving around in people's heads because they're so used to just being on auto-modality and doing the same shit over and over again. Like, pause and think for a second. The other thing is, I normally approach people that I think can handle the cognitive load of theory. Right? Like you or Deidre or Sam or whatever. Like, they're not, they're not people that can't handle a cognitive load. Like, they won't shut down. Doesn't that general. make you an elitist, though? Yeah, I'm a philosopher. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, have you met Plato? He wanted to build a perfect world. <laughs> That's pretty elitist. Yeah, he was super elitist, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Most philosopher are. kings. I yeah, think. Yeah. I think there's an inherent conflict in your statement, though. You say that you believe that you're the one that's the most accepting of human nature, and yet you seem so utterly critical of our nature. No, I like that part of him, though. Because uh, someone your has nature? Well, me particularly, yes. Yeah. Mm. So, so I say I think people I are... I more than anybody recognize your faults and forgive you for them. You, no, I'm not saying that you don't forgive me. That's I, kind of elitist. I, 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 I'm, I'm good with that. No, it's not. But you would say on one hand that, you know, like, so I say... Thinking I'm better than Chandler does not make me an elitist. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, you, that was you, harsh. You would say... You, <laughs> no, I'm not better than you. You would say... I am better than no one, and no one is better than me. Bob Dylan. That you... Ooh, but he sold his catalog. Bob Dylan also said that Smokey Robinson was the greatest songwriter in the history of America, which I think is great. Smokey Robinson wrote My Girl. Not, All Bob Dylan wrote was like a Rolling Stone. Smokey Robinson wrote the lyrics. He didn't write the music. Music was written by the Funk Brothers. Specifically one guitar player whose name I can't recall. They didn't write the... I mean, they... They wrote the music. Well, really? Yes. In some cases, they absolutely wrote so the So let's well, talk cases. about... Let's keep talking about and, me. And my girl is So the... the uh, Brad, how's your book so going? So the cognitive load, the cognitive load on people, like I just feel like that people have to practice thinking. I'm an educator, so therefore I do that a decent amount. Um, the other thing is, I think we can is, agree that everybody can think, and it's good for people to think. Right. The right. other, the other thing I use philosophy for is to build a vision of the world, right? And so that is kind of like. Are you building it, or wait, are you enforcing your vision of the world on people? No, I want it to be tantalizing enough for them to consider it, right? So That's very platonic. Yes, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm, so, but I feel like some people have time to sit and think, and they have the privilege to sit and think. I'm one of those people. It it assisted Plato, the fact that he had slaves. That yes. Helped. Well, or, or the fact that Marx was wealthy, right? Yeah. And, and, he didn't and, have to work. Ironically, he didn't no. have to work a day in or, his life. Or, or, or Immanuel Kant, or David Hume. They had a patron, right? So, you know, Kant was a professor. So, like, yeah. Some see, people to me, that's the, what makes me cynical: is the fact that like. The, the level of privilege they're coming from makes it seem like the yes, truths so that, that they find are not applicable to regular human existence. Okay, my dad oh. is an example. My dad was a teacher out of college. Right. He taught French in Jones County. Okay, if you've never tried to teach French in Jones County... You cannot speak French? What? Can you speak French? No. And your dad was a French teacher all those years, and you didn't learn some French? Well, I know some French, but I just don't like speaking foreign just languages because I'm laid. self-conscious. Just enough to get laid. No, mm-hmm. I would not. <laughs> okay, French anyway, is a love language. long story on, short, my say. dad became extremely <laughs> disillusioned about, uh, well, no, I think he was already disillusioned and cynical about people prior to trying to teach French in Jones County. But it's, I, I view teachers as like people who value ideal students and they value intellectualism and that's not applicable to the the needs and the qualities of the majority. I don't like he did not like the fact agree. that kids in Jones County were not receptive to being taught French. Oh, that doesn't to me, bother me. That makes perfect sense. Right, yeah. Like, duh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I could see I could see him getting worn down. I don't down, want to slander but, uh, Jones but, County either, but but like, most most kids don't really like history as per se. Like if you say I'm teaching history, like oh how boring could that be? Until you bring it and make it alive. So I feel like part of teaching is theatrical and this bond that you have with your students that creates this kind of trust relationship that allows you to change their thought patterns. Right, which teaching is obviously you're changing people. You're changing the way they think. Yeah, well, people, yeah, people think, very people think plenty kind of. on their own. People have 
yes, lots of do. things that they care about. And the things that they care about are valuable because they care about them. Why do we need to try to impose a different system of values or well, a better because, way of thinking on people? Because as a society, we have to have some common ground. And so the, the liberal arts system is supposed designed to create a common ground of thought that we can... We already have a thought. common ground. We really We're human don't. beings. No, you only have your hundred people, right? Your common ground of your hundred people. And you have hegemony of the state. So what... Like, to get people to, like, be stimulated, mm. like, from other things that they may not have ever been introduced to you, that is the idea of this liberal arts, this big soup of stuff that we just pass out to students and we kind of let them chew on it for a little while. Some of them do might you need become to poets. Teach, some of, do you need to teach people how to think? Do you need to teach people how to value things? Do you need to teach people, like, how... To follow, like people's pleasure tends well enough towards things. You do have to that they should. You be do. You do have to. You do have to expose people to ideas of thought. I think you have to teach people to be critical. Because because people's inherent pleasure centers will lead them astray and make them easily manipulated. So you have to teach some amount of critical theory to people so that they know to save themselves from themselves at at least a bare minimum. Well, not just that. Aesthetics, metaphysics. We were criticizing you for being cynical about human nature, and you literally just said that people have to be saved from themselves. They have to be saved from our own cynicism, but we have to be aware of it. No, I think it exposes power structures and things like that, that people aren't... They're aware of them in the background, the way hegemony works or whatever. They're aware of them in the background. But until you expose them and you interrogate them, you don't get the agency of understanding how that power works and how to manipulate it and keep it away from you so you can actually have agency in your world. Okay, well then to me, that the only kind of teaching that justifies to me is exposing people to other people's perspectives. No, I feel like because that's not sufficient ne- towards what you're describing. No, I really believe that the practice of and having, you know, someone there walking with the students and kind of helping them. Like I, I believe that the teaching model is effective to generating the fictions or the ideas that we have to believe in to have a government that's more than a hundred people more than a tribe everything like we have to have those things and everything have that li- makes that valuable is the fact that it it presents it occurs organically in people like you don't need to enforce people people strive after meaning well enough that you don't need to enforce it on them no it's not just it's exposure it's exposure. You're only exposed. Like if you were just in Emerald, you'd only exposed to this very small. So the liberal, the yeah, idea of like the liberal I said, arts, it's it's just exposure. Giving people the notion them. of other people's perspectives. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But but there's a system to doing that, and and we have a lot of problems in public education as it is. It was built to for a different age and industrial age, and I think we need to get into more of an information kind of idea age and ideas you know kind of do a different kind of maybe a pod structure in schools or something but um, but but getting back to the idea of the philosophy like the way I look at it is I build an idea of the world 
people either believe it or they don't, but it titillizes them to think about themselves as world builders mm. instead of just going to the gas station and fighting over a thing of gas. Yeah. Right, because we are world builders. Mm. And we're also world destroyers. Well, so but, well, either we build or we destroy. Simultaneously. Mm-hmm. You can do both simultaneous. Mm-hmm. That's what archaeology is. I mean, like the, the one time. I mean, even in your own mind, as you're yeah. building new ideas, you're taking the old well, ones. Well, you apart. have to destroy them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, or re- at least reconstruct them, deconstruct yeah. them, and reconstruct them. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you take the pieces and build something new. That's induction. So that's you either deducting thought or you're inducting thought. There's a William Carlos Williams quote that I really like, and he, I mean, I'm paraphrasing. Actually, I'm just describing a metaphor he uses, but he describes the world as it exists as a, a single piece of art by a single creator and challenges observers of the world not to simply operate within the style of the work of art that we, you know, exist in. Or we observe right, daily. so that's what I challenge people to do, uh. kind of in my, in my I, I I build a story for people to believe in, and they can take that story and build upon it. And see, that and sounds very modernistic. That sounds like you're trying to it is yeah I believe reject we need a story. reject what exists and construct independently I don't theoretically. I build from what exists. And it's just See, a that proposal. sounds the same, but more arrogant to me. Like, it's just a proposal, but I have time to think about it. What is what a is, modest proposal? What is the least not modest? Uh, not what modest. is the least arrogant <laughs> to you then, or what is less no, arrogant? No, it is. Science, or what is without God, arrogance at all? Philosophy, all of that is arrogant. Yeah, accepting the world as it is, and not trying to assert. But we can't. Meaning. We have to do something about the world as it is, right? Because it's just we're destroying it, right? So we have to do something. Can't just accept it as it is. No one accepts shit as they are, as it is, really. Yeah, if we had accepted mm. it, I mean, it as it was, people wouldn't have been running to the gas stations like freakazoids. No, but I'm talking about like meaning. By the way, awesome cartoon, Freakazoid. Shout back to the yeah. early 90s, early mid-90s. Aren't they remaking that or making some kind of permutation of it? I know Kevin Smith just uh, released some snapshots of his remake of Masters of the Universe He-Man cartoon. Oh, my God. Uh, with Mark Hamill as Skeletor. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I watched He-Man when I was little. So I derailed the conversation, which is what I'm. That's usually, okay. Usually that's okay because we probably should. Paul, I gotta eat, so we probably. Well, real should. quick before before we finish up, so uh, did you guys see this new thing? Because I read a quick article about it yesterday. <laughs> Jay Leno, did you hear about this? Did you see this? The, the new the new generational term for people born between eighty and eighty five. Oh yeah, geriatric millennials. Yeah, so I'm a geriatric millennial. So you were born in '85. Yeah, we're we're specific. What? Yeah, we're specifically the generation that they say it's graduating from undergraduate. In, in this in this article that I read, our generation, this five year group of people, not Gen X and not Millennials, that we are the only group equipped to lead the world as it sits as we know it today, because we're the only people who can remember a world without technology, and we're the best group of people to lead us forward in a hybrid society. And yet we are the generation that I think is the most forgotten about, most screwed because of the double the double well, dip. That, it's a very I'd rather small... call you Reaganauts. Dude, don't do that's that hysterical. shit. Don't do that shit. What? That, dude, that's so offensive and terrible. I love that. Why? <laughs> Reagan sucks a big fat 
Oh, you're Richard. gonna. It's not a. It's Don't not a judgment our guests of him. Love. The great communicator, as 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 Hank Hill would say, I miss voting for that man. <laughs> so you are equipped to bring us to the news, so maybe you'll believe my story. Perhaps that's why I'm so arrogant because I yeah, I was about to say it sounds tremendously because arrogant. I know. But that anytime I you am, try to do something about something, you're arrogant. Yes, I, you I am, believe you can do it. So I'm that's a, a lovely word to throw around, but I don't mean it judgmentally. I'm though. a future leader of tomorrow. I'm trying to just be realistic about it. Oh, I'm an arrogant dude. <laughs> Setting up peace for today. So we'll get back to the postmodernism. We'll get back to. Uh, the arrogance of no, philosophers. I appreciate your your take on postmodernism because I have generally and probably naively assumed that postmodernism was about rejecting meaning, where you're saying it's more of a rejection of modernism, which itself was more of a rejection. Oh yeah, of I meaning. never got I never got in on that. So because you guys were rapping back and forth, but what I was going to say was I always the coalescing of one meaning. I always understood postmodernism as deconstructing to put back together, to reinvent and make better, specifically in a personal sense, but also in a societal sense. I don't know if they ever got around to putting stuff back together. Most of it was just deconstruction. Listen to The Cut-Ups by Brian Geisen. Listen to what? The Cut-Ups by Brian Geisen. And and, and also William Burroughs, but mostly Brian Geisen. Like the feminist scholars and the critical race theorists and things like that are beginning to write Text and maybe they have in the past. I just haven't read a lot of them. Uh, right text about man. putting stuff back together and that's all the, that's all the like. How can, how can we end racism? How can we end, you know, uh, discrimination <laughs> and those kind of things? Like I think they're trying to propose some realistic kind of ideas New and not just forward. deconstruct society. Right? Yeah, yeah. Or not just you know comment on society mm-hmm. and some kind of deconstruction. Yeah. Again, again, admitting your cynical nature, you literally were like peace and love, and then you had to follow it up with like fuck whitey. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just don't think enough people know that that song so is not about I, white unity. <laughs> so I think part of what we're seeing is that we're complex, conflicted entities, specters inhabiting. I'm too cynical. This astral plane. You're too arrogant. <laughs> And Joey's too critical. No, but you're not. You're not <laughs> Join us too, next time. I'm the legend. You're not too anything. You're fine. You're great. Conversation. Like. 